We are shows what you know We'll always watch TV And if you think we can't We'll watch more and you'll see That's why the people of the web Believe in Jim from Las Vegas And Jacob from Sweden Extra, extra, bold, colorful new eye patch from Local Handmade. But can it beat the Winter Veil collection from DC? Found out here on the Gilead Gazette, your source for all things Handmaid's Tale, as we go through these episodes of The Handmaid's Tale Season 3. My name is Jacob Burrows. And my name is Jim Scampoli, and oh, it feels like I've been away from Gilead for so long. And I guess it's good to be back in Gilead. Is it though, Jim? Is it? We're talking about episodes seven to ten. Am I right? Working seven to ten. Yeah. What a way to watch Gilead Gazette. That's right, everybody. I watched all these in a row, and it was a rough uh, sort of uh, slog. Like, let's talk about it in generalities, um, I suppose, before we get into details. I will admit, okay, this is bad to say as someone who write, runs a Handmaid's Tale podcast, but I kind of forgot that the Handmaid's Tale season three hadn't finished. I, I thought it maybe it finished there with the big cross there and the big prayer. And then I was like, oh, shit, there's four episodes to watch. So that tells you something about how excited I am. How excited were you going into these episodes, Jim? Uh, yeah, well, I think we both made the 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 bad decision of watching all of these in a row because I also binged them in a row. And Handmaid, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of shows, obviously, these days. We're in what they call peak TV. We got all these great shows. And there's a lot of bingeable shows. I know everyone binged Stranger Things. Remember when Stranger Things happened three weeks ago yeah. and it's old news? Uh, I don't... Yeah. This isn't a b- bad thing about Handmaid's Tale, but it's not It's not a bingeable show, really, in my opinion. It's not a good show to binge because it does. It, it becomes a lot. Uh, I want to back up for a quick second here just to shout out that we did get a review from Princey577 uh, mm-hmm. on our Apple Podcast page. Five stars. Title, refreshing. This is the first Handmaid's podcast where I actually laughed out loud. You guys are not only funny, but very insightful. Great listen. Uh, Please. Must be that 7 to 10 bit I did. uh, (laughs) Similar jokes of that caliber. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, please, if you do enjoy the show, please submit us a review on Apple Podcasts. That does help us quite a bit. Now, back to what we were talking about. Um, Mm. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and and also, I feel like season three hasn't been as strong as season two. I coming out of season two or co- going into this season, it felt like a lot of uh, like the shorthand in in like critic reviews or like uh, write ups where where that season two was bad. But I don't really think mm-hmm. it was bad. Uh, I remember we we enjoyed it and we went through it. Uh, season three is not bad per se, but it's definitely all over the place because. You know, remember Baby Nicole? That was a thing. And now it's kind of like, especially in these episodes, it's taken a back seat uh, in yep. these four that, we're, that we watched and we're about to discuss. Um, but I guess it's still something happening in the background. And then, you know, Serena and Fred are like, when they're not on the show, there's no progress happening, which I guess is a good thing because it would be... I guess lazier if then we checked in with them and it's been like a month or two and things are completely different and we as the audience missed it, but it just feels pretty scattershot. Um, because again, remember, and it all comes back to the end of season two because remember when June could have left, but then she didn't. And now all this stuff is happening. Yeah. That made sense and was worth it. I was going to say that I think uh, the critics, you know, we're clearly qualified critics as well. Who doesn't love a critic? Everyone's a critic. Um, But season two did get a bad rap, and there were some things that weren't great in it, and the ending sort of sticks out. Um, But I think we always said that, like, yeah, it's great if it sets up change and movement. Like, it would have made... Let's not get into it again. We would have wanted her to leave Gilead, of course, because we want her to win and be a hero. But if you're going to make her stay, you can't just have her back doing the same thing, which she has been doing to a large extent. Um, Yeah. And I would say as far as these episodes uh, and my overall feeling on season three is there's nothing going on that's like wrong. That's like 
doesn't work technically. Like, looking at the plot, I'm like, I see why they made this choice. I see why they made that choice. It's all well put together. But I'm not excited to watch the next episode. Like, that's the thing they're failing at. Like, it all makes sense. Like, I get it. But I feel like there, for me personally, should have been some more... Uh, sort of underlying change in how they decided to make this season to make me more excited about it because it all yeah it all makes sense but like it it's just not as exciting as uh, season one of course yeah no that's com- that's completely true because the cast is great the production design is great uh, the cinematography is great the lighting the style the vibe it's all there uh, but it definitely does feel like uh, the show's spinning its wheels, and and maybe it would have, maybe this would have been better with less episodes. Because I think what season one I think is like ten episodes. Yeah. Season two was thirteen, and then this one is thirteen. Because you know, there's still stuff going on. I mean, where did we kind of leave off going into these episodes? There was the stuff going on with Nicole. There was kind of these revelations about um, I'm spacing on his name. Who's Nick. Her? yeah, Nick. And, you know, we haven't really seen anything with that stuff. Uh, we, we're kind of taking a little off ramp here. And it kind of it feels like the trajectory of these episodes kind of specifically is to get uh, June to have this epiphany that she should save kids. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, of course you should save kids. Are you serious? And I mean, the bottle episode, we'll get into that. But, like, you know, the big payoff of the bottle episode is that she leaves and she's like, I should save kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. A bottle episode, if you didn't watch Community, is a uh, sort of poorly put together or cheaply put together episode, sort of in the middle of a season where you probably all know this. You're listening to a TV podcast. Who am I talking to here? You guys know. But a bottle episode <clears throat> is when you go, like, okay, we have the set. We don't have any money to, like, go and do shit, so we're just going to write an episode that takes place in one location because that's cheaper and quicker, and we need that. That's a bottle episode. I would the say bo- – well, no. I didn't mean to cut you off. You're going, nope. you're going good. But I would also I say am. that's a very cynical outlook, which is probably the okay. truth, but it's a very cynical look at the uh, – because it could almost be more of a creative, like, hey, what can we do with a one location and, like, let's really play with these characters. I just, let's just throw that in there that potentially – it could be like a great creative thing, but continue. <clears throat> okay, yeah. So why is it called the bottle episode? It says that it's because uh, it's something made at ver- with very little time and v- with very little cost, as if pulling an episode right out of a bottle like a genie, <laughs> because genies live in bottles, not lamps, in this version, I guess. Anyway, uh, what, what was I? I was on. I was on one, Jim. I'm uh, sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. That's my fault. It's all right. Even before the bottle episode, I swear to God, the term bottle episode was in my brain. And not because I'd heard that there was a bottle episode coming out. I literally thought that season three feels like a bottle episode and the setting we're stuck in is Gilead. Like, I know we're actually seeing new places and there's a lot of money being pumped into this show. But we're still just stuck in this one location. And as we've said previously, the stuff in Canada and and everything up. A lot of interesting stuff going on there, but then it's the same shit going on in Gilead fucking forever, and uh, that's what we're going to get into, uh, what we're going to get into here today, I think, right? Yes, yeah. So, I mean, we obviously we're not going to go beat by beat on every episode, but just kind of some different call-outs, I guess, because what, episode seven was all about the kind of the, the hangman's noose, and we see... It, it's just funny that, like, we haven't seen all of the torture of Gilead, like, <laughs> in all these episodes, like, because, you know, we have this new thing now, which I guess is, unless I'm forgetting that this was an episode before, where the handmaids have to pull the rope, and that brings up, you know, the floor for the people to be put in the noose, and then they pull it uh, out from under them and kind of have their their own part of the, uh, being the executioner. Um mm-hmm. But it's just weird because are we supposed to think that this has always been a thing going on in Gilead or is this a new idea they came up with uh, and it just so happens to coincide with this episode? Like, what do you think? Um, I think, I mean, the handmaids were always used to, like, punish people or it was specifically they were stoning uh, people for, you know, that was sort of a way to, um, I don't know, make them part of it (laughs) in a weird way. Yeah. 
And I guess I could see how in their weird religion they could go like handmaids bring life and they also bring death, how that could be a thing. Uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely not in the show previous to this. Um, well, because people, people usually... Hung on walls. Yeah, hung on walls yeah. or even hung on trees outside of their their house. But now I'm picturing that all those times they were hung on the wall, they actually did this first. Then someone had to come and get the body. They had to bring them over to the wall, put them up on the wall, or drive them back to their house, put them in a tree... Uh, because Gilead knows how to Gilead. Um, I feel like it's it's supposed to signal maybe that they're ramping up. I mean, obviously they've always been I, about murder and such, yeah. but like they're they're weeding out the baddies, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and again, like this has a little of uh, Emily and Moira, and I know I've said this many times. Emily has like the most important, more interesting and important stuff going on this season it almost feels like i would rather have had this been about that and then we check in every now and then with gilead but of course this is the handmaid's tale so we do need to be with the handmaid um yes because it's like i agree that's part that's the that's the interesting stuff going on in the episode i agree yeah because this is where we kind of check in and um they have to like they're they're asking her about some of the crimes she committed because even though they're understanding, I guess it is still like a, I don't know, they have to register the crimes and how Emily ran over those guards, which was such a great victorious moment on this show. Uh, and I guess then she tells Moira how she poisoned that. Uh, are they wives? I forget. What's uh, what's Serena? Is Serena, are they just wives? Because there's yeah, Handmaid's Wives and Martha's. Yeah, what, were wives. The, what were the ones in blue? Were those just yeah. wives as well? Yeah, they're wives. Okay. Otherwise. Whatever. Yeah, I forget because I just know there's like green, blue, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah. Well, I I was gonna say as well when when they're sort of talking about her crimes, I believe it's like the lady from Switzerland um, asking about it. Okay. So they're like going over that because obviously she's the person who brought Nicole to Canada. So now the lady from Switzerland has to talk to her. I think. Um, no, I think you're right. I yeah. think that's what's going on. No, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Because, yeah, it's all probably still part of the uh, investigation, and they're supposed to be the neutral party and deciding what will happen to this baby. We get to see them protest the prime minister. It is nice to see. We've always pointed out how Canada is a utopia on this show. Uh, so it is kind of nice to see that even this great place on the show – everything everywhere is caught up in political bullshit you know much like we see today where even a place that's looked at as a greater good it still has people in power that may not always do uh the best for you know the individual uh and yeah they protest they get thrown in jail they they bond they don't have any gay in common this is all the stuff i remember because this is all good stuff uh you know gilead is all hanging people and fucking whatever uh, but yeah, and I'll say this as well. So this storyline is great, and it seems to be building something. And then we have three episodes of n- nothing related to this. What I thought was happening there, like it's okay if it's all, all like character moments uh, with with like yeah Emily developing and and stuff like that. But it also feels like it was building to a point where all the protests didn't really matter, but then she was there shouting in the minister's face about how she brought Nicole over and she knows and she's seen it. And then I'm like, well, why, like, she could be, like, next episode, she could make, like, a viral YouTube video about the torture and rape and everything that happens in Gilead. And, of course, they don't want to send the baby back and the mother didn't want that and she's being tortured and raped as we speak, like... That could all have been in the show, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah. Cause, yeah, I almost thought would her being involved be, in a weird way, a negative of her being involved in the protests like that? But, yeah, you could have done yeah. a few things with that. I'm, I'm sure maybe they will, but it is just weird because it happens here and then nothing happens in the other episodes. Because I guess... You could argue that that's, you know, the the wheels of justice are very slow and bureaucracy and red tape. And I guess there is a thing where Fred is kind of purposely like Gilead wants this to kind of be a slow process because what they're kind of uh, digging this being on the world stage or something. I don't know. There's like political uh, things going on with his boss that kind of says that they want this to be like a longer process on the extradition, I guess. 
Yeah, because I think it would probably wouldn't give necessarily Gilead more power externally, but it gives them more power within Gilead that they're sort of all working towards a common goal or something. Yeah. Uh, the other storyline in this episode is that June goes and tries to get her baby, uh, Holly, so I should say. Um, is it Holly? Yes, it's Holly, right? Yes. Hannah. Holly? Hannah. Yep, Hannah. Yeah. Goes to get Hannah. Sorry. Uh, right. Sorry, Hannah. Uh, and <laughs> Baby Holly, I think, it, is the like, actual think... name of Nicole, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. That's yeah. the problem. That's the problem. It. So it's Hannah. And the problem with this is the same problem that was at the start of the season, which was that it never felt to me as a viewer that this was going to work because it wasn't a real plan. It was just like, literally, let's go to where she is and it will work out. And granted, she was talking to uh, the Martha about, you know, trying to make some sort of plan. So there was something going on there. But it felt a lot like the start of the season when she literally just goes there and tries to pick her up and, I don't know, drive out of the country. Yeah. Um, which I think is also a new plan, but with a big van. Uh, so that's going to work out great, I think. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. It never really feels like a proper plan, this. Which is why the tension isn't really there. Because we're like... It's episode seven. I know this isn't going to work. It clearly isn't going to work. And in the end, it's like, yeah, it's because of this other handmaid ratting her out. And then I thought, like, oh, she gets to go, like, what did you do? What did you do? And that's kind of a cool moment. Do you know what you did? But then that's like, no, we're going to sit with this for three episodes. Uh, This is going to be a huge part of the plot. Not your babies or anything like that. We're going to leave that for a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't even think at the time that she was going to go and, and try to um, get Hannah because I was like, there's no plan. I, 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 I honestly just assumed that she was just going to go to see her or something. Uh, yeah. But you're right. I guess it kind of was supposed to be. And but it's like, ah, shit, there's a wall. Fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it is. Like, that's yeah. kind of what happened was she gets there like and she gets to hear the children. And honestly, this is this is what she could. She, why didn't she have the epiphany here? I could save children because she's hearing all the yeah. kids right all on the wall. No, we have to have two more episodes uh, where she can come to the idea that she should save kids. Um, but, yeah, I did like the ending. I did like the other when she's kind of yelling at her. And that leads into me, Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale slash Mean Girls mean is the girls. next episode. Yeah. Like That's completely <laughs> what I thought. I was like, okay, this is Mean Girls now. Um because, well, we didn't mention, but in the previous episode, we'd get back to the hangman's noose and the Martha that helped June is now up on the chopping block and uh, she gets she gets hung. And yep. so Francis is dead. Hannah is gone. Um, and people are spitting in of Matthew's drinks and kind of giving her the old shoulder budge when she walks by and... Uh, I, it, Tipping over the ice or whatever, it, going, oops, what did you do? Yeah, what did you do? <laughs> Which it's just, it's kind of fun, but then it's kind of like, all right, you know. Uh, and then we get to see some of these shame circles. Like, because the interesting thing here is, and I guess it's kind of we get into a little bit with Lydia. Because we we find out that Lydia knows that June was involved, but then why is June not dead (laughs) like i I know this is kind of a constant question on the show is why is june not dead when everyone's dead when they do things like that are a fraction of what she does oh yeah no absolutely they're like you know why why this happened it's because of you and they keep sort of uh pushing this idea that handmaids are the most valuable thing but i I don't believe in that world anymore. You've shown us too many babies. They're all over the place, these babies. Yeah. So I don't believe that the fertility aspect would, have protect her, would protect her that much. Then again, maybe it's you could make an argument. Oh, and I think June even does. Like, what if they need me for another TV interview? Like, she's the mother of the famous Nicole baby. Yeah, so, I guess that's so That's a thing. But, I mean, she's done a million things before then that should have gotten her killed. Yeah. So you're st- it's still correct what you're saying. And this is the Liddy episode because I, I did sort of for a moment, I uh, wasn't sure what happened between the shame circle and the other handmaid freaking out at the end. But it's basically we're going into Lydia's mind there and yeah. seeing some flashbacks with her, which in a way is interesting. But I don't know. What did you make of it? I really like the Lydia flashbacks. It's a simple story where you could kind of see where they were going with it in a way. But I still yeah. liked it a lot, although I would have to admit it's very problematic because uh, the underlying message and forgive me for being crass, but the underlying message is that Lydia just needed dick. And like if she got dick, everything would have been fine. 
And hey, yeah. don't blame me. I'm just the messenger. This is the show that told me this. I didn't make it up. <laughs> no, it, it is. Uh, I, I suppose what we're supposed to take from it is... No, it doesn't make any sense because she, she's supposed to be like someone who hates uh, putting on makeup and stuff like that. But she seems like an okay person. And then it's like, no, uh, I, I wanted the dick. But like she has a good time out there as well in the club. And like it's yeah. fine and it's weird, but it's fine. And she has a good time and he wants to see her again. But like I suppose what we're supposed to see is her like she never should have let herself get lower to this point, And that's why she lashes out. Yeah. But that's not really communicated, right? It feels more like, no, she wanted the dick and she didn't get the dick. So now she tortures people. Yeah, it was kind of like she gave in to... Her sin, I guess, if you will, because she was still like, like I, I liked the teases because, you know, there's this whole thing where she kind of bonds with this single mom. But what we since we know that Lydia is like a proper religious person, because as we've seen her, how she exists in the Handmaid's Tale world. Uh, so when there's little things like when she curses in front of the kid or mentions she's with a married man, she like the actress is great. Like she gives these reactions, but she kind of tolerates it. But then I guess, yeah. and then she gets kind of swooned in a weird way. Cause I thought they were teasing that she was like a lesbian or something for a moment when she's getting the makeover. And I'm like, Oh, they better not go down this route. Cause that'd be a little yep. too hacky. Uh, yeah. Cause she's getting the makeover and it's almost like she gave in to be like this single mom that she, in a way she doesn't agree with a lot. And then she becomes the one that, like, she goes on the date with the principal, and they're both having a good time, and he's even into kissing, but she's the one that makes the real sinner move, where she kind of reaches, you know, in his pants type deal, like, really going for it. And he turns her down. But it also, he turns her down in a very reasonable, like, it's not anything, it's just that it's... It's just a new thing, and we need to take it slow type deal. But yeah, I guess my it's, wife's dead and all, so that's cool. Yeah. I guess it's just the fact that she had to come face-to-face face with her sin, yeah. and that's what pushes her over the top. And I suppose it ties into uh, June has that uh, line in her voiceover where she's like talking about of Matthew, and she's like, I heard her, and I liked it. And maybe that's similar to what Lydia does when she kind of reports – the single mom to like the child services and kind of gets her kids taken away. Uh, it's weird because it's it's almost too simple, but I still kind of liked it. Uh, yeah. But it is, you know, she just needed a dick, and it's kind of that's very problematic. <laughs> that is problematic. Uh, yeah, I, I also, uh, despite feeling like there wasn't a lot of movement, it's fine to go into her backstory. It didn't do. If we're supposed to now have sympathy for her, that didn't really happen. But it is like a, a weird snapshot of before and after of who she is. Um, and I mean, Aunt Lydia is one of the most interesting characters on the show, to be honest. So yeah. I don't mind digging a bit into her past. And and yeah, they, they could have, like you said, well, well yeah, when, when she's getting the makeup put on her, it's almost like it's so sensually shot that you think like oh she's she's a big she's a big gay that's why yeah but no that's not why uh it's just um a sort of it's supposed to be a descent for her into this other world a transformation but then which she then rejects but uh i felt like it wasn't completely there like it was a bit like she goes and fucking smashes a mirror afterwards yeah like, it's real over melodramatic stuff yeah. after they they almost get it on so yeah and not, i guess it, i'm not totally sold with it yeah because it's not like they they don't do it's not like super unpredictable but also i guess they do a good job of teasing different predictable things and uh, i had to look up real quick Anne dowd plays aunt lydia and she's great like she's fucking yeah. great uh because I kept waiting for different shoes to drop, basically. Like, when she first shows up at the club, I'm like, oh, my God, is, like, someone going to make fun of her or something? Like, where are we going with this? Because I expected maybe that to be the thing. Like, she puts herself out there, goes to a club, and then, like, a guy buys her a drink as a joke. Like, some, <laughs> like, fucking, uh, like, teen soapy romance thing or something. And that mean was girls. after wondering, yeah, Mean Girls tying in. And that was actually, uh, that was after wondering if they're going to do the hacky thing that she's kind of, like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, gay or something. 
Uh, but then you see she's with the principal and then it's like, oh, is something going to happen here? But I, I guess the reason why it did still work for me is because I think because Ann Dowd's so good that yeah. I kind and I, but even though I know where Aunt Lydia ends up, I was still rooting for her. I was still like kind of hoping that things would be different. Uh, and of course they're not. So I did enjoy that. Uh, and I guess the other stuff is, yeah, the mean girl stuff, the shame circles is fairly interesting. I totally expected yeah. that even though June did like an awful thing, like conspire with a Martha to maybe, uh, kidnap her child that when it came out that of Matthew didn't want her child, that somehow now Aunt Lydia was going to punish her like way worse than she ever would June for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> But I, I did like seeing that she's had a history of uh, working in like child welfare, and now yeah. she does a similar thing in Gilead in their own twisted Gilead way. Uh, and seeing kind of the behind the scenes stuff with the with the with Aunt Lydia and her, I guess other aunts or cohorts, whatever it might be, when they're going through like yeah. the paperwork and they have to match this person up with this person. Uh, that stuff I kind of enjoyed. Yeah, someone's got to do that job, matching up the, you know, mm. being the, the Tinder of handmaids, you know, whatever the name of that app would be. <laughs> yeah. Tell us in a review on yeah. iTunes. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. It's it's fine. Um, and it's always interesting to see her uh, in any shape or form, really. Um, so what do you think about the other big thing in the episode, which is that basically the shame pointing was enough for this uh, other handmaid to flip out? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, my, my notes on this last scene are what is this show? Um, yeah. Because I don't have I didn't have that much of a problem with her like freaking out like that because of obviously it's stressful enough just to be a handmaid and to be stuck in Gilead. And we've seen some small moments of vulnerability with of Matthew where she's you know, she did mention that she's kind of sad that she has to have another kid and this keeps happening. And then to add on to that, uh, a shame circle and being kind of uh, persona non grata with the rest of the handmaids who are kind of supposed to be at least your equals. Mm -hmm. But then the fact that June is like using the force on her and uh, <laughs> directing her it was just a bit much like that was a little bit too much for me. Did I lose you? Yeah, you lost, oh. lost me for a second there. Sorry, but we're yeah. back. We're back. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it, she does have her sort of Sith face uh, on uh, <laughs> and directs her by mental power. I, I didn't mind uh, the freak out, honestly. Like you said, you're already a handmaid. Like everything you're going through is already the worst. And you're trying to be the person who follows the rules and keeps your head down. And you still get put in a circle of shame for like a small thing, a thought you had that you desperately tried not to have. And you're cornered in this society. And now you're going to have another baby and another one. It's your fourth one. Congrats. And so I, I didn't mind that at all. But I don't know how much of that is me uh, being a little bit tired of us being stuck in the status quo and finally going, shit, yeah, finally something's happening, and how much it's actually sort of something that makes sense and is earned in, in the plot of the show. Uh, June's just standing there because she's a fucking badass, of course. She's seen this shit before. Uh, she's been around, uh, seen people being run over, whatever, no big thing, uh, directs her eyes at Lydia and, and yeah, the, the gun gets pointed that way. Lydia just seems like confused, like, what? A handmaid? Being violent? No, this, what is this baby doing? I don't understand. Uh, but yeah, she gets shot in the end, but, uh, and, and of course Aunt Lydia is like shocked because it's a pregnant handmaid. That's the, uh, like, I, I, if the backstory did nothing else, it reaffirmed in my mind that she would gladly take a bullet if that meant like one baby was born. So yeah, yeah, that's that's part of it, I guess. But yeah, I, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just I didn't I didn't buy that June would be kind of the the guide or the leader. Like if I was June, I would think, oh, this lady's gonna kill me. Like she would shoot me. Not that oh, I can tell her who to shoot. Uh, so I was like on Lydia, I was confused and didn't quite get it. I even had to rewind it for a second to see her side smile, to see what kind of gave her the signal to kind of pop off. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I get that. I also thought that June was 
I, I guess it doesn't make sense with where she's at as a character, but I thought she would be happy with just being shot at, in this moment as well, which is why she's being so chill. But I don't think she would be really. Uh, she's just semi in shock as well. But then she cools down and... Yeah, I mean, she does have this voiceover, and sometimes it seems like she's psychic. So I don't know. That's probably <laughs> yeah. some season five shit. That's true. Um, so then we have the uh, infamous Bottle, bottle episode. Because a lot of people, I've heard, because uh, another, we mentioned community, obviously, for d- uh, dubbing the old bottle episode. But a famous one is the fly episode of Breaking Bad, which people say yep. is the worst episode of Breaking Bad, which boggles my fucking mind. Am I crazy yeah, for thinking that that's a really good episode? No, wrong people think that. People okay. who are wrong, Jim. All right. Um, they think that. And I think what uh, the creators of The Handmaid's Tale and the writers are doing here is we're going to do like a really like character study, great episode. We're get- it's all going to be self-contained. It's going to tell its own story. And I'm like, I just watched nine hours of this and what <laughs> is the difference between the end of the episode and the beginning of the episode Gilead's bad, you say? It's bad, and we have people in it who don't really want to be in it, like the doctor who gets to have some lines, and then there's a, a child, and the child is going to flower, and the society, and we're going to get the kids out. What did this episode accomplish, really? I mean, it wasn't the worst, yeah. but it's just the timing of it, of having it when I'm already like, fucking get a move on, and then it's like, no, there's no moves. There's no on. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah, I think I probably would have enjoyed this more if I wasn't in the process of binging the show. Um, yeah, because I, I do, I do kind of appreciate, even though, like you said, the 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 truth behind it is probably is like, hey, we spent a lot of money like making the Washington Monument look like a cross and <laughs> building all these sets, and we need to trim it back a little bit for this episode. But I appreciate when they kind of go for something like this and try to make something interesting and have character moments. It didn't fully work for me either, but again, I kind of blame it more on myself in the binge. Um, Cause like, uh, you know, we, we see, we've seen June go through so much and she's going through more and she looks like hell and her eyes are all red. But then it was almost like I was surprised. I was like, oh, she gets to bed, though. <laughs> she gets to sleep. <laughs> What's the problem? Why is she cre- <laughs> why is she freaking out? <laughs> yeah, it does a lot of I mean, it, it plays around with time. Obviously, it cuts on her blinking and whatever. And then like some time lapse stuff with the the lighting and there's people there then there's different people and that's all reinforced with the voiceover uh it, it is well put together I'll, I'll certainly say that and like set wise it's like the widest room ever which uh, it's evocative of like hospital settings but it's also like the pure white and like obviously the show does a lot with color she stands out a lot in her red and she's sort of yeah, she's just going insane is what they're showing, first of all, to the point that she goes up and, and almost uh, kills the woman by sort of yeah pulling on the pulling on the old uh, air tube there. And then there's more of her going insane. And um, yeah, just we yeah. get introduced to this doctor and some side characters and some children walking past who she, who she thinks aren't real. I never thought they weren't real uh, because it's a hospital. Why wouldn't they be there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's going crazy. She gets a scalpel, and no one thought of that. I guess that there's a scalpel in there. Uh, they didn't worry about that bit. Well, and, I mean, and uh, just the fact that yeah, there's this f- fucking crazy lady in here all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe don't leave the scalpels, or even just the fact that I feel like I know she goes to pull the tubes and it doesn't work. But like, I feel like that would eventually work. <laughs> And if someone's yeah. in there for 40 days or whatever, uh, they're eventually going to go nuts. <laughs> and when they uh, when when she does pull the tube a little bit, they orderlies or doctors come in and sort of uh, sort her out. But I'm like, they're coming pretty quickly. Did they is the door locked? I assume it's locked. But like, it feels like the way the show presents it, it may as well not be locked. Yeah. Like she may as well like it's all glass around there. She could smash the glass. Like you got this crazy woman and who you're purposefully turning crazy, hanging out with a scalpel. It doesn't seem like a good situation for anyone involved. And endangering children, that's not great either. She could kill the baby, but then she, she we know she wouldn't. But like she'd kill. I mean, in her voiceover, she talks about wishing they both die. So 
So fuck it, right? Yeah, yeah. Plus, I mean, uh, we they probably didn't think of Matthew would uh, kill a guard and steal his gun in the grocery store yeah. either. So you never know. But yeah, you know, oh baby, do you know that heaven is a place on earth? You'll hear it yep. with the the, yep. the beats and the noises. And then we get them to like cutting the leg and giving a tube and doing all these things because she is a vessel now for this child. We did we didn't call out that we did get to see a dead baby in episode seven. That's always fun. Uh, yeah. When the dead baby was born, and we get to get a few shots of it. We get to see it with the, the umbilical cord rounds throw. Then we get to see it again. This one we get to see like a little preemie baby, uh, but yeah. not dead. She's still alive. So that's good. So we're one one and one on the live babies and dead babies this season. Yeah, Gilead's really doing great with this whole baby thing. Um, we do get some symmetry. I, I mean, uh, they obviously thought about this, but it's still fine. We have Janine talking um, talking June off the ledge. I did as like June that. Did to her. I that's did like pretty good. I like Janine in this episode. Um, and yeah, like you're different. I don't like it. Uh, and even her getting her eye patch. Uh, I guess it does kind of come down to I, I was kind of goofing on the whole uh, you took this epiphany of saving kids. I guess part of it also was the doctor where he does ask her, how will you honor your daughters? Um, and then I know she has a conversation with one of the other children, which is like a blur to me at this point. I don't remember what they said in that. <laughs> Well, it's like she's been, it's just a, an emphasis on the brainwashing that's going on. And the kid's like, they say I will have children. Not oh, now, that's later. Right. And then like, oh, do you want that? And she's like, yes, of course. Or whatever. Uh, by the way, I just checked because Janine just wanders in. The door is literally open. So yeah, I was like, going to, I was actually going to say, I, I kind of remember the door just being open. Yeah. So June could just leave. Yeah. This would be a great opportunity to just leave, I guess. Yeah. I guess the hospital's the most guarded place or whatever. But there's no guards yeah. in here. No, well, why would there be? Didn't she just originally it... escape from a hospital that in season two? <laughs> <laughs> she did. <laughs> yeah, but what, did did everyone involved with that die? Can we not, not get someone involved here to get her out? Ah, no one would help her get out. They know she won't do it. Like, it's not worth it with June at this point. Um but yeah, get, get her a van. Get her some muffins. We'll get to it. Um, yeah, so anyway, and she gets a scalpel and slashes at Serena. And yes, I do like the look yeah. of her face when she's deciding who to slash and Serena comes in. Like, and there's a crazy smile of like, I don't I, I don't know why I had the scalpel. I knew, knew I had to do something with it. Like, you can almost see that she starts to believe in destiny when Serena comes <laughs> in there. Am I right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, And then Serena gives her the old like you were supposed to be one of the strong ones and i'm just like ah get out of here serena i hate serena yeah no she's the worst yeah um <laughs> she doesn't tattle about the whole slashy stabby thing um which i guess just makes her really cool and we're all going to be on board with her uh coconut trees and later on when uh when commander waterford doesn't do what he's supposed to do so we're all gonna like serena again later i guess yeah. no we're not because she's serena so get that out of your head, showrunners. We're not going to like yeah, Serena. No, Fuck no. you. We're not going to. And yeah, because you're right. In one of these episodes, she does mention that there's a man in Canada or something, right, to Fred? Yeah, that's the next one, I think. Because okay. she, um, or I, I'm honestly not completely sure. Yeah, it's not It's not in the hospital, so it's not in this episode, Jim. Uh, yeah, that's the next one when she starts to realize that shit's going, like it's not, not going anywhere. So she gives the phone to Commander Waterford, who's known for making great decisions, who cut off your finger. Uh, let's give the phone your one way out to him yeah. and trust him to make the right choice. That'll pan out. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, well, I mean, b b before we finish on this, uh, bottle episode, she does decide to go back and stay with her because she's not dead yet. And yeah. it, this like vindicates Aunt Lydia in, in a huge way because she's like, aha, oh, my teachings are so great. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. this, there, there may be hope for, uh, what is she now? She's not off red, obviously. She's off, uh... Lucas, La Lazarus, whatever. Yeah, because what's Commander I mean, La Commander Lawrence? Lawrence. Uh, oh, she's of Joseph now. Is that what she is? Like the, I was confused because uh, they're, um, they are. It is off Joseph, yes, but but they say that she's supposed to move to a different house. But at the end of the last episode, I think, but then yes. she doesn't, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, because then, but then the freak out happens because that that's why like June uses the force because she's like, oh no, I can't leave the Commander Lawrence's house. I better use the force now and of Matthew and make her shoot this place up and kind of put the, uh, nip that idea in the butt because yeah. yeah, we do have that thing where she's. It's weird because uh, Lydia's saying like there was never issues with of Joseph before the Waterfords, but then she's like, but then this this Lawrence household. Because they had Emily, and now they have these issues with of Joseph, so she needs a new place. And I felt like that did feel like this was going to be a big deal because, you know, she's she's at Commander Lawrence's place. It's like the best option for some sort of revolution. Uh, but yeah, she used the Force, and then we got a bottle episode, and now we're in episode ten. She's back home. Yep. Uh, they they make mention that Commander Lawrence has made some changes to the house because there's been some new laws from dc i didn't really notice what was different i guess what I it's think tidier you're saying waterford but you mean lawrence right uh commander lawrence's house we're in or oh yeah i'm sorry yeah i mean commander lawrence's house yeah they're all dicks anyway yeah. um yeah you're right so we she gets reinstalled by lydia and lydia's sort of telling her to walk slow take it easy she's still recovering and, of course, June is like, she's on this mission now. She said at the end of the last episode, she's going to get all the babies out, every single one of them. And, um, yeah, the house has been made more old school, I guess, is supposed to be the thing, and, and more depressing, uh, as is the Vogue, the the new style. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. And so she, oh, go ahead. Sorry, you go. Well, I was going to say, she, she starts uh, immediately snooping around, looking for the files. Uh, oh, yeah. there's word tell that Mrs. Lawrence is getting worse because she can't get her meds. They send her bread or some banana bread or something or other. <laughs> uh, uh, but then she helps her because as we've known, Miss Lawrence, she tried to help her too when she geeked out at the, uh, the kid's school and now she helps her find the files, uh, where she can find out where all the handmaid's children are. Uh, but now uh, Fred uh, he's upset with uh, Commander Lawrence. He's like, what, jealous or something? Doesn't June make a comment to him? And it kind of sets some things in. Oh, they ask, like, how things are. And she says, oh, they treat treats me with respect. And then Fred makes yeah. a face like, oh, I won't have women be respected, goddammit. <laughs> uh, I think she says, like, at least it's not you. Well, that, like that, cause that was after. all smooth and... Okay, that's yeah, but after he comes in ceremony. all smooth and buttery, like, I can maybe arrange for a transfer to D.C. And it's like, why do you want to keep yeah. hanging out with June? Everything yeah. bad that's ever happened to you has been yeah. connected to June. Like, what is this weird obsession that's, like, he, he really has no distinct personality to me, Commander Waterford. Like, he doesn't, he, he just reacts to sensory input as far as I can see. Like, it doesn't. Or am I am I crazy? Like he doesn't seem to have any actual driving force. I know he's supposed to be a weirdo, and I guess they do that a fairly good job of that. But it's almost like, oh, June's here now. I'm gonna flirt with her because <laughs> yeah. like no, that right. that's gonna be great. I'm not at all obsessed with getting my wife back on board and all this stuff. I'm just gonna like have some weird talks with her because that'll work out great. She has so much respect for me. No, you're absolutely right, uh, uh, Commander Fred. They he's very convenient to whatever they want to be the thing happening. And yeah, he, he just sees June. And he's like, Oh, you could come to DC. You could be my handmaid. And it's like, wait, weren't you trying to win Serena back and then trying to get the baby and also trying to move up in the world? Even though the fact that you're getting more power after June escaped last year and Nick kept you in your house. Like, Holy shit, the fucking hoops that, that we jumped through to, to make it so these people are still in power and that June's still a handmaid. Yeah. Um, so we have the Uber commander uh, coming down from D.C. That's like the big thing. All the handmaids are brought out. That's where Fred uh, bumps into June and everything. And so they are sort of chatting about it. And like you said, I guess he's jealous or just Lawrence has power in the district or whatever they call it. It's, it may as well be the Hunger Games. Um, in the district, uh, he has power, so Laura, uh, so Waterford doesn't like that, and so he's sort of trying to put a, Lawrence in a bad position by implementing this old like observing of the ceremony thing um, to sort of Which, just be a dick. And, but yeah, because I even didn't even read it as much as power, even though yeah, that's kind of part of it. It was more just that he's like 
jealous that he's with June and that he also wants to kind of get them both back in a way. Like it felt more personal vendetta, but you're probably right. But then also like in the first season and then kind of most of season two, we were led to believe that like Fred was in power of this district kind of, but now they're like, well, no, uh, commander Lawrence, commander Lawrence built this society, but he's also completely surprised with how this society, uh, (laughs) like lives and acts. Uh, we need a fucking flashback of this guy because it's another one who's very convenient to the plot. Like he's either the most powerful and he built Gilead from the ground up or he's completely clueless to how things work and doesn't even completely understand. And maybe that's supposed to be part of the point because in his own world, he gets to do what he wants, but, uh, he's not, he's like blind to the realities of the outside world. I don't know. Well, I think it is, I guess, saying something about how the elites never follow the rules that they impose on other people, which is a fair enough point. I mean, we we have the super commander who has like 18 children. He doesn't seem to follow like the, the regulations as such, or he, he's at least hoarding kids, which seems very sort of against their, uh, I don't know, everything. Uh, but I guess it isn't. And then we have him. Uh, Lawrence making all these rules, but he's not gonna fall. Like it's not for him. He's just trying to make society work over here. Society's one thing, yeah. And then my life and what I do is totally separate. My- I can sort of buy him as an academic whose like yeah. work has been implemented. Um, so he's not like at, on the top of the scale, but people have respect for him anyway. Uh, but yeah, he's very much taken aback by how things have turned out. I guess. Yeah, my only problem with that is that June does specifically say in her voiceover that. Bear, bearing witness to the ceremony is a thing that they've done. Uh, they did in the past when families would try to resist the new way of life. So yeah. just the fact that he would like that it never happened before just felt a bit much. Although I guess we do get we've kind of all we've the, one of our big questions we've had discussing season one, two, and through now is the time frame. And now like we this this episode gives us the time frame that it's been five years yeah because when she's looking at the kids and like that's why people that had babies kind of before the big changeover now have like five or six year old kids um so at least that kind of helps us a little bit but it also is like completely doesn't make fully sense but whatever how old does it say Hannah is? Do we know? Uh, I think I they remember. they do show because uh, we see Hannah and it shows like her birthday. And I think they it says something where it's, she was like seven or eight when they took her. Mm-hmm. And now so now she's like 12 or 13 or something. Right. So uh, anyway, the ceremony happens. Everyone's really upset about it. Um and that's it. Well, because, uh, again, just, it was just one of those things where, like, June has to... Although, I guess Commander Lawrence does know as well, because the wife says something like, uh, they'll just kill us or something. But then he's the one that's like, well, you know, handmaids would be punished if because they're required to report deviancy from yeah. the rules. Um Although I did, I, I did kind of like this. It, it was a weird twist on the whole uh, handmade rape ceremony that happens, where it's like they're all stuck in this room and they kind of have to do something for the good of not just, not just for selfish reasons for them, but they even mentioned that basically the whole house, the Marthas, everyone would be kind of on the wall or, uh, yeah. you know, taken down, and they have to do this terrible thing uh to for the i guess the greater good and as an additional twist uh lawrence uh hands her some i guess morning after pills uh saying it's a collector's item and as she points out you know this is gonna happen again right like it's, yeah. it's the whole thing you, you made happen there with society and i think the episode up to then has all been about she wants help getting a van to get the kids out or whatever. And he's like, no, of course not. Because he's still doing his flip-floppy thing of like, I'm a good guy, I'm a bad guy. And so that's what this episode is about, confronting him with the fact that he's also stuck in this society. And I think he is sort of even halfway open to like, yeah, I'll maybe uh, I would fuck off out of here, but like I made the society, remember? Like they're going to, like I'm a war criminal, I would, I'd be fucked. Or maybe she says that, the wife. The, yeah, the wife anyway, says that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think she says you just have to give him something uh, to get out. Right. And yeah. And what's more valuable than children. Right. So I guess 
does he is this where he says like you'll get your van or whatever the fuck yeah i'll get you a truck get my wife out and yeah. then um then we get back to the grocery store where uh june kind of comes back and tells uh i forget the other handmaids besides janine who's involved in this scene as well where she's like i have a truck and then janine's like i can help although and like i do like this moment where she's like what i'm brave but also like you can't i would never trust her like (laughs) (laughs) yeah no but they do talk about it in front of her so they're already being stupid about it yeah Uh, but yeah the other handmaid doesn't want to help either she says earlier like you're like poison everything like everything you touch turns to shit june and somehow you're still alive which is a very good point but then um june busts out like i know where you're daughter or son is or whatever and i can get them out and then like that's the news that gets spread around that's why we get all the muffins because muffins mean yes but also we do find out that janine's kid died in a car accident and as a very smart move she does not tell janine that and you know it's the old uh i don't know if anyone's watched sopranos but when tony tells his sister about a certain character and he's like Oh, he's up on a hill, you know, with a with with a nice tree and leaves coming down, you know. Oh, he's he, your son went to California with a family, and you know he's he's happy and everything's great, and, and it's yeah. like uh, I've talked about how the cast is great. I mean, the actress that plays Janine's great as well, and it is kind of like a heartbreaking, but also I'm very happy for her being happy for this fake story (laughs) that she's getting Mm. told because if she finds out the truth, she'll probably geek out and rat everyone out and ruin everything, uh, which I assume makes still could possibly happen. Uh, But yes, muffins mean yes. And we're going to need a bigger boat because Uh. uh, June's going to hit you with those fucking pop culture references. That's for sure. Every episode, she'll get one in, just like you and me here on the Gilead Gazette. As we also mentioned, Serena gives Fred the walkie-talkie phone, walkie-talkie-esque phone, uh, satellite phone maybe, to this guy in the uh, United States in exile. Bad move. Like, that's obviously dumb, right? Am I wrong? You know, I forgot that that even happened. But yeah, you're right. She did give... And I didn't I didn't think I even was paying attention in the moment to that's what happening. Yeah. But you're right. Why the fuck would she do that? That's like telling uh, Janine that her kid's dead. <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck would she do most of the things uh, she does? It's all like, I, I'd be fine with it if I believed in The Handmaid's Tale's commitment to some of these character moments if I didn't think we were going to get jerked around again. And then we're going to have fucking Serena and June teaming up together again to go to Hawaii and have coconuts. Like, uh, just uh, just stick to your guns, Handmaid's Tale. Um I'm. I, I think you're totally right. It, we didn't need 13 episodes. 10 episodes probably would have been great. Um, yeah. But then, if you can make a bottle episode, it doesn't cost that much. So fuck it, right? Yeah, it's 13 episodes for the price of 12. Yes. Yeah. yeah so I, I. I obviously have been sounding a bit more negative these past couple of episodes. I think it is because the middle of this season, and you know, a lot of shows, but particularly now, it feels like we're treading water. I think that's what every critic of this show has said that it's just spinning its wheel, uh, spinning its wheels, not getting to the point of what we've been promised. And uh, in a way, I guess we have three episodes left. So that's going to be the last episode of The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, well, of our coverage here on the Gilead Gazette for this time. So please do send us your thoughts and a review on iTunes. We'd very much appreciate that. You could also email us at shows which you know show. Sorry, Apple Podcasts is what it's called now, yes. right? We don't have iTunes Apple Podcasts. You can go on Google Podcasts as well uh, if you're one of those. Um, I don't know if they have reviews. Who mm-hmm. knows? It's all new. It's a new, uh, wonderful world we're exploring here on the Gilead Gazette. You can also email us at shows which you know show at gmail.com is what I was going to say. Yes, but there's one more important thing. What's that, Jim? Stop the presses!